Here we go. Stand by. All right, everybody. Our next guest is a very funny comedian originally from Philadelphia. He hosts a weekly podcast with his partner, H. Foley, called Are You Garbage?, where they interview comedians to determine if they're classy or if they're garbage. And here he is, folks, right now, the man himself, Kevin Ryan. Kevin, how you doing, pal? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me, dude. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man. I'm uh, psyched to have you on. The last time that I saw you um, was when you were at the brokerage. It was like right before COVID. I think you opened up for Joe DeVito. Yeah, that was probably like maybe even March. That was like, or like late February. Yeah, um, yeah. That was, that. yeah, that was, I think it was actually the first week of March or so, actually. So, yeah, it was, I was right there, man. Yeah, man. That was like one of the last shows i saw there um and uh it's just crazy man how uh took a a hard turn (laughs) i know man it was uh i was was talking to my wife and like everything was happening it was like you know march 17th or whatever and i'm like my parents have a shore house in south jersey and i'm like listen we might be stuck in our apartment because we had a we just moved but we had a tiny one bedroom in washington heights and i'm like we might be stuck here for like two weeks. Let's we'll, we'll, we'll go to South Jersey, chill for the weekend and then come home. And we went down there on a Thursday night and Friday morning we woke up and they were like, yeah, everything shut down like indefinitely. And I was Damn. like, okay. So we just weathered the storm down there for, you know, we were down there for like six months or whatever. Man. So yeah. So you were stuck uh, over there for, for the duration of, of the uh, COVID? Yeah, which was better because it was a bigger house and it was just me and her. You're like, you know, so like, I mean, I th- we would have murder suicide each other if we stayed <laughs> in, the, in our in, uh, in our, our one bedroom. Dude. We would It would have been nuts. It wouldn't have lasted. Plus, we just got married like in the middle of February. So we, we were like new or newly, newly married. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's like, if you can make it through this, you can make it through anything. I'm like, dude, we're not going to fucking make it through this. That's the true test. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's like an experiment. Like, (laughs) you know, let's get them married, put them in a one bedroom and then quarantine them for six months. Yeah. But we're, we're doing good. So it it, it worked out. (laughs) Excellent, man. Well, you know, there's a lot of good things that that did come from the the quarantine. I think if, if just to put a positive light on it, I think that Uh like, like did your show, like the, you know, are you garbage? That was born through the covid or did no man before? again we just launched we were like three episodes in we're like you know we're putting all of our eggs in this basket we're gonna see what happens because we've had me and foley've had other projects you know and uh it's tough man comedy is <laughs> comedy is hard and you know it ended up we were like we had like multiple failed projects and we're like let's try this one let's give it everything we can for a year and we'll reassess it a year but like let's not look up for a year. Let's keep our heads down and just work, 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 work. Right. Yeah. And uh, we released our third episode and then the world shut down. And I, I, I remember being down the shore and we were, I was walking on the beach. It was like, you know, it's kind of like out of a movie. I was like, I can't let this kill me. Like I can't, I just can't like, this will be devastating to come back with not, you know? Right. Yeah. So um, we really started leaning on, cause we've been in the city for like seven years, like working the clubs and stuff. And right. we've really been, we've, I was like, let's take this opportunity to lean on our friends who will do us favors. You know, like I can text Andrew Schultz and be like, Hey man, can you do my podcast? And everyone's sitting at home with nothing to do, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So 
we kind of, uh, it kind of, we just kept getting bigger and bigger guests and guests were having a lot of fun with it. And then they were going on their show and talking about it. So it like, it just, it, it was kind of like a perfect time, you know, per, it was a good set of circumstances for us. Yeah, man. I, I think the show's, show's great. And, and you and, uh, and Foley definitely have a great chemistry together. Uh, how, how far back do you guys go? Are you like, childhood friends because you have a like a connection that goes it seems like it goes back that far <laughs> he's my comedy wife dude it's it's horrible if <laughs> you know if i could have divorced it's so fun i mean we're both crazy we're both crazy dirt from dirtbag families in philadelphia you know we're just like we're emotional wrecks we have fight with each other we yell at each other we scream um, it's better now that we've had some success. You know what I mean? When, yeah, when yeah. you're really broke and really poor and, and no, you know, no light at the end of the tunnel, things can get tense. Yeah, man. Um, but I met him when I first started doing comedy in New York, in Philly, probably like nine years ago, maybe. And we just, you know, we clicked and uh, we, it's, I don't know, we have a very unique rhythm with each other where it's like we're constantly trying to make each other laugh right right. and like i know what gets him and he knows what gets me so then it's like we like zigzag it's like a good you know a good quarterback and receiver we just know the motions you know yeah and you could see that and and the approach when you're interviewing you you know uh it, it gives a different type of a vibe when you guys are feeding off each other and then you know you know, because one on ones are like we're doing now is cool, but there's not like a third party could inter you know interject and kind of move things around. And uh -huh. uh, you know, you know what I'm saying. So it, that, I think that's a, a good uh, chemistry you guys got. Yeah, it's you know, if we weren't, I and like you know, if we weren't so good together, I would have I would have stopped being friends with them. You know, seven years ago probably. <laughs> but I <laughs> I've said to my wife a bunch. I'm, uh, she's like. Why don't you try something on your own? Because we, we get in fights and these phone calls and we're yelling at each other and everything. She's like, try something on your own. I'm like, we're just too good together. We're very, you know, I don't have that relationship with anybody else. You know, it's like it's hard to get that kind of bond with somebody or, or even mm -hmm. that just that instant kind of chemistry like like that you guys have that can't be manufactured. That's something you either have or you don't have. Mm -hmm. And you guys, like, like I said, I was watching, you know, I've been watching your stuff, but, you know, knowing I was going to talk to you, I've been trying to cram in and watch a sure, bunch. Sure, sure. And, uh, yeah, you guys, it's it's solid, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I think at the end of the day, it's very, like, we used to play the game, Are You Garbage, with each other. Like, just, we would ask about each other's childhood and be like, you used to, you know, whatever, oh, that's trash. And then, like. You defend and like we, we used to play, especially when we'd go on like road, like, you know, we'd be doing the road and, you know, I don't know, some hick town in the middle of Pennsylvania that we'd be driving four hours out to and we would just play it in the car. And then he had the idea of let's do it. Like, let's try to do it as a podcast. And I was like, let's go. You know, so it, it really it worked out. We're just it's funny we found success in just being dirtbags from Philly, which we always have been. You know, it's like when you're the most authentic and not trying to be something else, it you know, it really clicks. And to get the the uh, you know the other comedians to kind of get on board with this thing, where like you know, um, that's one of the things too to, to that you're in the the circle with these guys. A lot of these guys in the beginning, so they'll go ride the take the ride with you to say, all right, of course, yeah, where yeah, if, yeah. you know, somebody like me out of nowhere, Hey, can we do, are you garbage with you, Bob Kelly? He's going to be like, mm -hmm. get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I know we, 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 we did. 
and like I was, I remember the the one week it was like we released like Andrew Schultz because when we started we do two a week, so it was like it was like Andrew Schultz, Shane Gillis, and like the Joe List or somebody were like the three that we released back to back, and I'm like <laughs> it would have taken us a decade to get all of these people in studio, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, because yeah. everybody was like, yeah, sure, I would love to do it, but it's like we were we were a small podcast and. You know, to get people, we just lucked out to have everybody, you know, at home, sitting at home with nothing to do. And we were like, hey, you want to do it? And then, like, once you get one or two or three, they all kind of start falling like down. Because you can be like, hey, you know, hey, Mark Norman, Liz did it. And then, you know, right, right, talk yeah. to Bobby and, like, all these people. So it's easier a little bit, you know, especially when you have a relationship with them. So we really lucked out. Yeah, man. And they're, they're, it's good stuff. I, you know, I think everybody uh, – the, the guests and you guys and the audience all walk away happy afterwards. I think it's a, it's a solid premise. Thanks, man. It's, we've realized it's like, it's where we touch on things that like, uh, we didn't realize any of this, you know, when we're star, we're seeing it now where we're like, Oh, everybody grew up with some sort of trashy background right. and <laughs> whether they want to, they, everybody does things that they think are garbage or chooses not to do things they think are garbage or, you know, it's like everybody's very opinionated in like a fun way, you know? Right. So we have like this, somebody started a Facebook group for it. And I think there's like 600 people in the Facebook group and they all just like post pictures. It's like so funny. Like they all just like post pictures of their dinner and then like people shit on it. And they're like, Oh, that's gross. You're an idiot, you know, type thing. It's very fun. And like, it's like, I think because there is so much crazy stuff, not to get like deep, but the world, you know, between politics and the corona, like everything's so serious to people. People are like, this is such a good escape of like, we've never talked about the election or any politics or anything. It's just be funny. Like, and we shit on each other a lot and have fun. It's just a fun time, you know? Yeah, man. And, and like you said, too, I, th I think, you know, the world needs comedy. We can't, a lot of clubs are closed and that's what makes these podcasts more important than ever. And then everybody's mm -hmm. spinning off different ideas. So you don't, we don't, we can't all be the Joe Rogan. We can't all do, do it. Of, so of e course, everybody's finding their own, their own niche. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I like your guys approach um, and your line of questioning. Some of them are really creative questions. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> to, kind of get, to figure out who's classy and who's garbage and um, who, do, who now, on your your list, or, or uh, do you have like a top five of the most garbage guys and then I mean, the most classy? Sure, there's definitely. I mean, there's been some. You know, um, Kim Congdon. Uh, we did her relatively early on, and she was like super trash. She was like queen trash. You know, she was bad. Like it was. Her dad was like living in the backyard of her stepdad's house, like just like oh, this wow, wild, yeah. like sleeping on a boat or just like wild, like, you know, and like even in the in like, you know, in the pod, her mom came in and like tried to steal the show and was like, oh, what is this? You know, like just trying to get on camera. It was so it was just like and then we like asked her what kind of blinds she has or curtains or something. And she like looked up, peeled it over. I think it was like a. She had like a bath towel or a beach towel hanging. It was just very like so authentic in the moment of yeah. like she's trash. It was great. Um, she was really trash. <laughs> um, trying to think. Uh, there's been a lot. And like people tell stories that they've never. If the, one of the real things we realize is people have these stories that they haven't thought about. Like a lot of times you go on a podcast and it's like 
how did you get started? Or like, you know, this kind of stuff. And it's very like, you've talked about it or you you at least have like a, a, not a script, but like, oh, I know these talking points that I can hit and like the interesting parts of these stories or whatever, you know. Right. And we're finding that these, we're getting people to tell stories that they haven't thought about in like 15, 20 years. So they like, you see it hit them. They're like, oh my God. Like you see them in the memory going, oh, I forgot my mom used to do this or something. Yeah, so that's great. Everybody has had like one sort of bombshell where we're like, what the hell? You know, <laughs> it's like, um, we asked the one kid if he brushed Ray Kump, if he brushes his teeth in the shower and he's like, I don't really brush my teeth. And we're like, what? Like he hadn't brushed his teeth in like months or something, wow, like something yeah. crazy. They'll put you yeah. at the top of the list of the. Yeah. Like, he went up there <laughs> quick. Yeah. Would any, any of them surprise you where you figure like, let's say a Mark Norman to me looks like he might be a very classy type of a guy. Like he just seems neat and clean. Like does it anything that shock you to say that to put him in the garbage category? Like on paper, he, you would be like, he comes, his dad, I think his dad was like a military lawyer. If I'm remembering her, his dad was like a lawyer, a military lawyer, like a, you know, an educated man. His mom is some like, uh, she works at a museum type thing. You know what I mean? They're like learned people. You know what I mean? Like, um, and he had like this big mansion in uh, Louisiana. And like, you th I think he even went to private school. Like he's got these things where you're like, oh, you should be like, you know, a titan of industry. You're like, you know, <laughs> a doctor or something, you know? And like, he's just like, he like eats, he, that guy will fake. Norman's awesome. I love him. But he will fake be a busboy at a show to clear the plates to like eat the wings that were on. He'll be like, Oh, you guys all done with this? And it's like, it's like to me, I'm like, that's yeah. crazy. You know what I mean? But I think it was your podcast. I, you know, I watch a lot of these, but I think it was yours with Mark Norman. Um, it was a while ago. I got into like, you know, a bunny hole, a rabbit hole, or whatever sure, they call sure. it, of Mark Norman stuff where I think he confessed that he was like a bedwetter. So oh know. yeah, he was he was a bedwetter big for yeah. sure. We we just had him. We did another. We had him come back when we just opened up a new studio, and we had him come back and uh, we talked about that. Of like, that, I did it too. I was a big bedwetter too. Where it's like you know, I was like peeing the bed when you were like, you'd go over a friend's house and you pee the bed and like have to like hide the sheets or you know. You're doing laundry yeah. and stuff like that. It's a it's bad. Yeah, yeah. No, that, but that's interesting that you you get this this different side of these guys. Now, so, so uh, you're on the scene. You know, you're you're working all the clubs um, with these guys. Is it how is it after you get a deep interview, and when you see him again, is it is it awkward or is it just cool like hey yeah it's, we just had this deep conversation or but now we're it's back. not like even you know take norm we just like we just said i just had norman back a couple of weeks ago i think and um he was like one of or the, i think he was the first return guest that we ever had and it was great man like he came in and you know we did um our patreon we did like listener questions from patreon like uh they submitted so like well then like the three of us answer them and stuff like that it's a fun Fun thing, we had a couple of beers and then the camera, you know, we did the hour or whatever it was, shut it down. And then we just sat there and hung out for, and talked comedy and shop and shit on people, you know, for like three and a half hours, I think. Like, 
we were, I think we, I think we recorded from like seven to eight and we didn't leave the studio till like almost like close to midnight. Like we were just hanging. It's easy. You know, it's like, um, yeah, it just like kind of continues after, you know, it's like you stop recording and we just still sat there and talk for, you know, two and a half hours or whatever. So yeah, it's cool. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Now, now um, I know you've been on the scene, you said in New York for about seven years. Or so been doing this for a while. Um, now with, with the success of, of this podcast, do you feel like your stock is growing? Like, like it, are you building an audience that's now coming out more to see you? I, I know it's hard to gauge with COVID, but. It is hard to gauge with COVID, but uh, me and Foley just did this small town. I don't know if you're familiar with Soul Joel's Club. It's the way it's it's in Royersford, Pennsylvania, which is, you know, maybe an hour outside of Philadelphia or so. It's what everybody on the East Coast, you know, everybody's, everybody's been, going there. It's yeah. the one spot that's still doing it. Yeah, it's still kicking. So right. we just did that, you know, middle of December, you know, December. It was like December 10th or whatever it was. Um we did that outside freezing and like 15 listeners came out to that in Royersford, Pennsylvania. So I'm like, and like, they all wanted pictures. Some of them gave us gifts and stuff. So it was like, I'm like, well, if we're doing 15 people coming out to us, like there was obviously more people there, but right, you know, right. 15 people came up afterwards. I'm like, Hey, can we get pictures? Um, which was really cool. Cause like I said, we, you know, we were just kind of like, I was a feature, like, you know, right before I was, you know, a feature act, I'll still go. I mean, I'll still, open for like a friend or whatever, but coming out of this, we're definitely, it seems like we'll be at a different, you know, a different uh, standing than when we went into the pandemic, you know, Yeah, for sure. which is a nice feeling because I mean, we struggled for a long, I mean, we're still, I'm still struggling, but I mean, like we struggled without like a, a light at the end of the tunnel for a long time. So it's, it's, it's nice to be like, Oh, kind of when things go back together, I'm, it's not going to be as, you know, as dreary for me. Right. Because you were able to continue to build a fan base um, through the quarantine era and, mm-hmm. um, and make it work and, and, uh, and kick ass with that. So, you know, in a sense, that's where I say, like in the beginning, like it's, it, there is a, a light uh, uh, that to this whole thing, there is a positive. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that if it didn't, I mean, my, I've, yeah. I've never been more successful without it. So without a pandemic, who knows what I could have just been, you know, some no named 34 year old, the pudgy balding comedian that's going to be at the brokerage or whatever, you know, yeah. <laughs> opening up for somebody. How important are podcasts? Would you say nowadays? Cause it seems like everybody's got one, like we said earlier. And, and a lot of guys trying to be Joe Rogan. Uh, then there's guys like you doing an original take on it, but how important for comedians is this? Is this the, like, uh, like uh, an attachment now, like every comic should have a podcast. It depends, man. You know, like I'm, I'm kind of, I'm obsessed with like f- looking back and like reverse engineering how people became successful in any field, whether it's like, you know, like how these great people did great that, you know, just, I'm, it's, it's always very interesting to me. Yeah, same um, and I think like, uh, you don't need one. Right. I think, you don't need one if you have other avenues to explore, right? Some comedians are really good actors and want to do that. And they want to get in TV and movies. And that's fine. If you have people, if you're good at it and you have people helping you along, you also have, you know, comedians where like younger comedians, you know, they can get picked up by like an MTV or a comedy central type. Like you have these industry darlings call them, you know what I mean? Just for, 
for either talent or looks or anything. They just, the people are, you know, the industry is attracted. goes, Hey, I want you on this showcase and I want you to help pitch this show and write this show. And they, some people are handed opportunities a lot, right? right? Which never happened to me or Foley. You know what I mean? Like we were never like, I never had somebody like sweeping me along of like, Hey, how about this? And how about this? And you know, we like Kevin for this. It was always like, we had a scratch and claw to get even into the clubs. Then when you're in the clubs, you got to kill because like I said, I'm a 30, you know, I'm a 34 year old pudgy white male comedian in New York city. Like I'm replaceable by like 200 people, right? Like there's so many of me. So it's like, I have to, you have to continuously earn your keep, you know, and try to separate yourself. And so I think for those people who are like, Hey, people are constantly like giving me writing packets or constantly like putting me on auditions for this and that. I don't think they necessarily need one. I think you, a lot of people can benefit from them if they're not getting, you know, I don't want to say handouts, but if they're not getting, you know, as many opportunities as other people, like it was, you know, it's, it's a, if I didn't, I would just still be banging my head against a wall, like working in clubs going like, what do I need to do to be seen? Because like, Comedy Central is not picking me for their showcase. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like the cool young guy who dresses cool or whatever. It's like, I'm just a dude. So it's, right. you know, I aged out of that, like the cool young new comedian, you know? Yeah. But like you said, too, um, you know, you did it on your own. You said, OK, I have I'm, no one's picking me up. This isn't happening. I'm not young and hip. Um, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm getting older. But. I still have all this to give, so I'm going to do it myself. And that's what, sure. what these what these allow. And, you know, a lot of comics in the beginning of this COVID thing were trying. I think some people still are doing like Zoom stand up shows, mm-hmm. but those don't seem as effective, like for, for to get your voice out there to to show everybody, you know, um, who you are and, and, and your style and, and all of that and what makes you unique. You don't get that if you do a Zoom stand-up set versus what you're doing now sure no i i totally agree i think the zoom i won't i just won't do a zoom stand-up show because i'll just feel bad about myself afterward it's like not (laughs) it's just not i learned that too early on like doing open mics and stuff like people there's the guys like when you move to new york they're like i do 25 open mics a week and that works for some people it didn't work for me because i'm like I'm sitting here watching a bunch of bad comedians and I'm going, what the hell am I doing here? Why am I? (laughs) And I'm banging my head again just to get up there and then bomb and get frustrated. I'm like, I just spent four hours and now I feel worse than I did and I didn't accomplish (laughs) anything. So it's like, especially too, when you watch too many of those open micers, you start to, to wonder what good comedy is anymore. <laughs> I go, do I even, it. maybe yeah. if, I, I start going, if I'm here, then I don't know what the hell I'm talking about either. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and also too. So like, I won't, I won't, I wouldn't do like a park show. I'll do like a sanctioned roof where there's like chairs and people want it to be, and people can't just wander up and stare at you or, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I'll, I'll take it from Paul Verzi, who I, a good friend of mine who takes me out on the road with them. Um, is he's a right old we went down and did uh the stress factory and he built this big tent outside and i was like oh wow this is a nice way to do it and versi's like i'm not getting on the back of no i'm not getting on the back of no pickup truck like that's where i draw the lot like i'm not gonna do that i'm a grown man comedian i'm not standing in the back of a pickup truck in an apple orchard and telling jokes and that like resonate i'm like yeah i gotta have some sort of pride like i can't just 
I'm not, you know, so I've been selective. I'd rather not do as much stand-up. I'm lucky enough. I work at like New York comedy club and some other stuff and Verzi. I've done some stuff with Verzi. So it's like, I'm getting fulfilled, you know, I'm, I'm staying as sharp as I can, you know, I'm, I'm getting some reps in every now and then. And I just, I'm lucky enough to also have the podcast, which is a big positive. I'm, yeah. I'm being fulfilled that way. So like, I don't necessarily need the yeah, comedy that, all the time. So. Right. Yeah. That's, that was what my point. Yeah. Is, is that you don't right now with, you know, the clubs closing down or if you have to you know travel and all this stuff, um, having the podcast still gives you an outlet to an audience where people could discover you, uh, mm-hmm. see how funny you are without even doing your standup. And then when you do a show, like you said, in, in Pennsylvania or, or uh, wherever, you're going to start drawing. You know? Sure, of so, course. Yeah. You're building a fan base without, you know, um, and, and that's just to, to me, that's just crazy how we're able to do that. <laughs> you know, it is, the- man. I know. Like, I'm I'm looking forward to, like, opening this up. Like once things get open back up and like, I want to go on the road and we've done a live, are you garbage uh, pod and stand up show in Philly that I think like 70 or 80 people came out to. And it was, you know, it was just a lot of fun. And like, I want to do that in Chicago. I want to do that in Boston. I want to do that in New York monthly. You know what I mean? Like I want to do, I want to, I'm like chomping at the bit, but at the same time, it's, you know, I'm, just kind of waiting and letting it go and just work it, you know, kind of keeping my head down and, and working hard at the same time. Has, has uh, Paul Verzi been on the show? I, I don't know if I Verzi saw was, yeah, Verzi was, Verzi was early on. We got to have him back in the studio. Uh, Verzi was early on and Italians, you know, Italians are, they're very, <laughs> they're very <laughs> deliberate in a lot of their purchases. Their, you know, their, how they dress a lot, you know, they're very, deliberate so but also a lot of times they're very trashy at the same so it's like this fine line that they they maneuver um so verzi was great i I forget the verdict on verzi but verzi was fantastic (laughs) yeah verzi is a hard read like uh for for me just you know i didn't see the episode but just seeing him as a stand-up and who he is and seeing him other shows he's a hard read to whether he's classy or garbage well he's also the only comedian i've ever like opened up for that like we'll go like we were like in houston and uh do the shows it's great and like we go to like a wine bar and he orders like a charcuterie board i'm like typically you know what i mean like the comics like want to go to like strip clubs or like some dive bar or something (laughs) We're sitting on a we're sitting on a, a couch in a lounge, and he's like, "Oh, try this cheese with that meat. Oh my god, it's you know, it's like it was, it was great though. It's awesome. I love it. Yes, he's that's a surprise that puts him in the classy category. I know exactly more exactly. classy than I would have assumed. That's that's he, he grew up pretty garb like pretty garbage though. If I if I recall correctly, but. Yeah, very cool. Well, uh, before I let you go, I have some uh, these things we call quick questions. Mm-hmm. Um, it just basically for the holidays and some just quick little things. Love it. All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So um, some of these are kind of similar what you do uh, and some of your past stuff. But um, but uh, so anyway, here we go. If you were in a cop buddy movie, what would your catchphrase be? Hmm. Man, that's a good question. Um, huh. It would definitely, if it was me and Foley, it would be, you know, Get them, fatso. That's you know they're like you know what I mean. Something it would it would have to be at the expense of someone else. You know what I mean. I'm the I'm the meaner of the two for sure. Uh, so it would definitely be uh, I would be calling him fat for sure. 
So he'd be like the rookie cop and you'll be like the seasoned guy. I yeah, I'd be like the seasoned guy who knows the ropes. Yeah, right. he's more of like the like I called I quarterback it and then he, you know, I'm like, all right, I just, you know, my plan worked and I go, book him, fatso, or you know. <laughs> That's great. Uh if you were a professional wrestler, what would your entrance music be? Oh, another great question. I mean, you oh man, I would have I would take this. I'm taking this so serious. You should have given me like a week to. I would have, I would have really dug in. I would have, I would have like walked out of my bedroom a couple times to a certain song just to see how it feels. Um, I for we were just talking about it on our podcast too. Uh, it's an odd cut, but I would do the Metallica version of "Turn the Page" from Bob Seger. Oh, nice. I don't know. There's just some like riffs in there that I'm like, yeah, like I'd come out and you know kind of undertaker-ish a little bit you know <laughs> that's great um uh who was your favorite porn star <sighs> guy named steve no uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't know if i honestly i don't have a favor i'm not tied to anybody i remember well i should also say i was probably i was in my teenage years when jenna jameson hit so that was like you know, she hit it like the pinnacle of the internet. And like, I was in the prime age of, you know, I was in junior high or high school. So that was very influential in my early days, I should say, you know, but I don't have a favorite, but she was, she was up there. And Jameson. Um, what's the best song ever written? Oh man. I, uh, best song ever written uh, to me, right. To me. I'm going to have to go back to turn the page by Bob Seeger. Um, I think just because it was just so funny. I was just talking about this like 45 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> I, I grew my stepmom always played it in the car. And like, for some reason I just, she played like his hits or what, I don't know what it was, but I always heard it as a kid. And like, I understood the lyrics. It never meant anything to me, but I knew the lyrics memorized, you know? Right. Right. And then when you start doing comedy and like you're on the road and you're driving, you know, to Erie, Pennsylvania and Connecticut and where, you know, all you're flying and those salt, it's just like, they just hit you. You know what I mean? Those, those lyrics really get me. So for my life and experiences, that song really uh, speaks to me. Excellent. Great. Song. As corny as it sounds. Oh my God. That was the douchiest answer ever. No, that was good stuff. Um, do you say happy holidays or Merry Christmas? I'm a Merry Christmas guy. I get the happy, I, you know, happy holidays to me is like, yeah, happy holidays because it's, there's, I never thought of it as a religious thing. It was just like happy holidays. There's multiple holidays operating around this time. Right. And if I don't see you for a week or two, Hey, happy holidays, you know? So I'm a, I could go either way, but, um, I never understood happy holidays to be like a slight on Christmas. So, so, it never really resonated with me, but I'll go either way. It depends. Depends how I'm feeling that day. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Same with me. Like I, I never had a hard stance on happy holidays versus Merry Christmas. Mm -hmm. But, but one time I was, I was doing a shoot at this thing. Uh, it was like a run, uh, ugly sweater, 5k. Sure. And I was filming it and, and I did an interview with the, the Santa. And then mm -hmm. um, at the end of the Santa thing, I said, all right, thank you, Santa. Have happy holidays. And him and Mrs. Claus berated me. Oh my God. About it. So it always was like, holy, like what's right and what's wrong in, anymore. I don't know, man. The world's upside down. Yeah. I, I mean, 
I think, you know, if anybody's getting too attached to either side of that, you got too much time on your hand. It's like, dude, I don't care what, you know, it's like, don't you have rent to pay or a mortgage to cover? This is what you're worried about. I never under, I never understood it. Crazy man. Like, yeah, everyone has to have a cause. Um, The next one here is uh, when do you start Christmas shopping? Oh, dude. I mean, I haven't. And it's what the 12th or something like, I don't even know what day it is. Um, I'm, I'm bad, dude. I'm really bad, especially for my mom. I don't, I, I went over this. I don't buy presents with, for my brothers or sister, we're like old and it's just, we stopped that. Um, I take care of the kids first, right? Like I'll go to the toy store or whatever target or Walmart and just knock them all out one day, but it's typically like a day or two in advance. And then actually on Christmas morning, I've bought my mom. I get her a gift card to go get her a manicure and pedicure every year. I've been doing it for like 10 years, 20 years or whatever at this point. But sometimes I've gone Christmas morning and or Christmas Eve morning and has gotten that. So like I'm <laughs> I'm last minute with everything. A lot of good deals, though, sometimes on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, dude, for sure. <laughs> um, what's the the best Christmas gift you ever gave? ever gave dude i'm terrible i don't want gifts i don't want to give people it's i have like the grid but like i'll if i want something i'll just go but i don't care uh to give anybody anything i don't think i've ever given a good gift to be everything i get my wife she returns like my i would be like i would think i got something good i'm like you know I remember I bought her these expensive, uh, this expensive like Lululemon zip up or something when they were hot five years ago. I'm like, I'm going to, this is it. I'm spending the 200, whatever. And I'm like, she like hated it. Like she's just like, I don't want this. I'm like, I don't know what anybody wants. So just leave me out of it. Um, I don't know if I honestly don't think I've ever given a good gift. I can't name. I don't even remember anything I've ever given anybody ever. It's usually like whatever toy I can find. Yeah, for like the kids and yeah, everybody else returns everything I get. So <laughs> That's I've, awesome. I've never given a good gift. <laughs> uh, um, this is a, an, an oldie but a goodie question. I'm just asking this to, to, to everybody. Uh, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? This is very divisive in the my circles. I have never seen Die Hard. Uh, <laughs> I don't. It's, it's I'm like the world's worst guy to interview. You're like, hey, what's what's, what's this famous movie everybody loves? I'm like, I've never seen it. You know, talk <laughs> about being the Grinch. Um, I I don't know. It is very divisive. I just have I've never seen it. I but to me, it's not a Christmas movie. Outside looking in, it's, I understand that it takes place near Christmas, but a Christmas movie, the theme is Christmas, right? Like Santa Claus or you know, jingle all the way or whatever. It's Die Hard is, you know, it's an action movie that just so happens to be around Christmas time. That's my understanding of it. That's, yeah, I I agree. There's a lot of people, I think it's like, I think somewhere it's like officially stated as a Christmas movie, but I've never thought of it as a Christmas movie. I know that, yeah, like you said, there's Christmas trees in some of the um, rooms that they're kind of running through with guns, Mm -hmm. but um, it's not a Christmas movie, but I still think you should watch it. I think you, (laughs) I know. I just, yeah, I was just arguing with my producer over this as well. He's like, how did you not say he's like screaming at me? I just, I don't know, man. I made it this far without it. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Sometimes some movies just, just if you don't, haven't seen them by a certain 
time you just like eh, why bother going yeah i'm like bugs? i'm sure it's great there's a lot of great stuff i haven't consumed you know what i mean like <laughs> and i it's not I, I i'm not being judged if you know i don't have to consume it all right exactly exactly man um so th- there's two more left here both about 2020 what's the best part about this year the best thing we all know a lot of shitty things personally or globally what are we talking you think um however you feel like you, I guess. Uh... I think per- well, personally for me is you know I've I'm experiencing some success in my career, which is nice. Um, dude, I don't globally. I think you're just like in general. I don't know. I think some of the, I think when we get out of this, I think you know it's like you can't feel joy without the pain type thing. I think when we get out of all this, people are gonna really, I guess, oh, start to appreciate just even like, you know, grabbing a coffee with somebody or having a beer. It's like the things that we got, like, oh, I got to go over to Steve's because he's having a birthday party for his girlfriend. I don't want to do this. Like now I'd be like, dude, I'll go to whatever you need me to do. You know, like right. <laughs> you'll, you'll start to appreciate the time spent with people. I hope, I hope. Right on. Yeah. Good, good answer. And, and finally, um, if 2020 had a slogan, what would it be? Check, please. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not, <laughs> that's, <great. laughs> that's it. Yeah, tax A. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a rough one. I'm hoping uh, 2021 uh, is better. Um, you know, with the vaccine coming out, you know, let's just hope. But right now, I think Cuomo's talking about shutting everything down again. I know. Uh, yeah, so it's a mess. It's a uh, it's crazy, man. So I, I hope everyone out there, you know all the restaurant owners and workers and comedy clubs and all that stuff. Everybody just holds on tight and waits it out. Cause we're almost, I think we're almost there. Not going mm-hmm. knock on wood. Yeah. But um, yeah, Kevin, I, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you've been very busy with all your recordings and, uh, and your show and everything else you got cooking. Um, of course, man. So tell everybody where they can, can find the show and uh, follow you guys. <clears throat> yeah. Um, uh, I am at Kevin Ryan comedy on all social media and the show is called, are you garbage? It's available wherever you get podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. And we do a full video, full HD video uh, on YouTube from our new studio that we just built to make it look like a suburban basement in the nineties. So give it a, give it a whirl. It's a good, it's a good time. <laughs> Great show. You're, you guys are great on there. You're awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, again, uh, thanks again for uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule for me, man. Of course, buddy. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks. Kevin Ryan, everybody.